Psalm 68 again, and we're in verse number 19, and uh, we'll keep pressing through. Psalm 68, verse 19 through uh, 21. I'm not sure we'll get through all of this, but we'll, uh, we'll work our way through it. Psalm 68, verses 19 through 21 says, Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. He that is our God is the God of salvation, and unto God the Lord belong the issues from death. But God shall wound the head of his enemies, and the hairy scalp of such a one as goeth on still in his trespasses. So look at verse number 19 that says, Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits. That's probably a familiar verse that we've heard over and over and over again. And the, the word daily there, I'm going to start kind of looking at this verse 19, and then we'll kind of expound from there. The word literally, the word daily there uh, in the original is translated day by day or constantly. So you can read verse 19, blessed be the Lord who constantly loadeth us with benefits. Now what's really interesting, and what I, I, didn't, I did not know this, is the, the phrase with benefits is not in the original text. So the verse actually reads, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us. Now, when you think about that, you think, wow, that, that's completely changing the way that this verse actually means. And but those, the words benefits there uh, do not actually um, really convey what the true meaning of the text is. If you look at it, um, the word uh, rendered loadeth, okay, means to take up or to lift. Okay, so look at that verse again. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us. Okay, so that phrase loadeth us actually means to take up or to lift up as a stone or to bury, or I'm sorry, to bear or to carry. So what is, what is David actually saying here? He's saying, blessed be the Lord who daily carries or lifts me. It is, it is something more than it literally means to take up and place on someone else. So in other words, David's writing, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us or bears us or lifts up and placed it. Now, in the Old Testament, it's referred to as taking up and placing upon a beast of burden or to load upon. Um, back in Isaiah, Isaiah 46, uh, verse number 1. Let's just look at that quickly. I wasn't going to go here, but let's just look here. Isaiah 46, 1. Uh, the Bible says, The bell boweth down, Nebo stoopeth, their idols were upon the beast and upon the cattle. Your carriages were heavy laden, or heavy loaden. They are a burden to the weary beast. The, the word literally, the, the burden there, it is to take something that is heavy. Look what it says. They're a burden to the weary beast. The load that was being placed upon this cattle or the load that was being placed, where is the burden, the weight of the burden at? It's on the beast. So what David is saying back in that psalm is that the burdens that we get, God carries them. So it is blessed be the Lord who daily carries us and carries our burdens. That's what David is saying here. Now, we, we tend to emphasize and look at the word with benefits and we think, okay, I get something. 
But again, that's not even in the original text. So what is happening here is, you see, it means that God, we are to put our, our load or a burden upon God. And so that's really the intention. Now remember, this entire psalm of Psalm 68 was a psalm that was sung. It was sung during the removing of the ark. It was taken up to a resting place. We looked last week at the difference between uh, the mountains of Bashan and, and Mount Zion. And this song was being sung as the tribes of Israel were gathered together. It was, it was being sung as, as, a, as a sign of victory. This is, this is something that's not just for Israel. This is the constant promise that we have from God that he will carry our burdens. Now, what really gets interesting when we get into this, notice it is God who daily loadeth us with these benefits. In other words, even though God gives us a burden, even though God gives us something, the same who gives it is the same who carries it. Does that make sense? I mean, think about it. It's really quite remarkable. Because we know that God, although he allows and ordains things, even though he loads us with something, David says, blessed be the Lord, that even though he's loaded me with these things, I don't have to carry that burden. I put that burden on God. So look what he says when he says, blessed be the Lord. What's David trying to get us to understand here? He is not just talking about this one deliverance. He's talking about who daily loadeth us. David has in his mind's eye this constant bearing of these burdens. So even if you look at, he's saying, blessed be the Lord, these deliverances which God has given, these deliverances which God has wrought. He didn't mean to just draw our minds away from the fact that we're, we're to be uh, just thankful at one time, but constantly reminded of his daily benefits, this daily time when he lifts these burdens off of us. It's a constant reminder. We are indebted to him for his divine care and his protection, who daily loadeth us with benefits. Besides the, the glorious thought of God carrying those burdens, he is continually, at the same time, even though there may be burdens, he is continually giving us divine favors as well. So in other words, the same God who delivers favors is the same God who sometimes will allow burdens to be placed on us, but he says, you don't carry that burden, you put that burden on me, right? So we have this, that what kind of burdens could we be talking about? Well, maybe it's the burden of affliction. And so we understand that even when affliction comes, we still have cause to praise God for the many times he's delivered us, the many times he's taken care of us, his divine care, his divine favor. But we also have, remember, burdens are not always negative. Burdens are sometimes positive, and burdens can be the burden of his mercy and the burden of his favor. In other words, when we think about what God is doing, it ought to do something to us. It ought to make us stop and think, this God is giving us these great burdens, and he gives us these things, these great blessings in great abundance. And it's not just burdens or blessings for today, it's blessings constantly, blessings that never stop. So David's saying here, blessed be God who daily declares that we might expect deliverances from him. And every deliverance or every burden comes with a great abundance of blessing. So we see here, some will read this, that God loads us. Some will read it, God carries it. But it's, it's, the, it's the point that God continues to extend proof of his kindness David is saying to us and showing to us that his kindness is demonstrated by the fact 
that he continues to daily and constantly load us with benefits and also gives us a place to place our burdens upon him. David says, even the God of our salvation. This is David giving a confidence that God can be trusted, that he is our God. Look what he says, even the God of our salvation. The very next verse, we'll see in verse number 20, he says it again, he that is our God. So there's a connection between the phrase, our salvation and our God. So what he's saying here in verse 19 connects directly with uh, verse number 20. So when you look at these verses together, you see that God conveys this great truth. David's conveying this great truth of God, that God continually protects his people. He continually protects his church. It is a constant thing. It's not just one day he is and the next day he's not. This is, a, this is really a check in of ourselves to say, all right, if I know that God every single day, if I claim Psalms, Psalm 68 verse 19, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth me, Okay, and you'll notice in our Bible with the back again in verse 19 with benefits, even you remember I told you that when you see that italics mean that's the translators added that. So that's what that means. So if I have that promise today, blessed be the Lord God who daily loadeth us. If I understand the word load and I understand he's given us these, these blessings, but he's also carrying our burdens. I have a promise that is to be confidently relied upon. So in saying this, God is checking our minds and our hearts to say, are we ever diverted away from this kind of trust? In other words, when I face a burden, am I trusting that God will deliver or am I trusting in myself? When God gives a blessing, am I praising him for the blessing? The same blessing, the same God who gives the blessing is the same God that can give the burden, but the burden that he gives, I can take that burden and put it back on God, right? That's kind of an awesome thought. So God is the author of our salvation. That's what he's saying, even the God of our salvation. This is a declaration that David makes, Old Testament, the God of our salvation as the only author and finisher both of our present and of our eternal salvation. So we see that David has great confidence in this God. Verse 20, he, is, he that is our God is the God of salvation. This salvation of God is set before the view of all men. All men have the ability to see the salvation of God. However, it is very peculiar to those who see it. Now, we know from we study the Bible that although it's presented, not everybody sees it, not everybody recognizes it. That's why the Bible refers to those who see that and understand that as the elect. What does that do? When I read a verse like this, the God of our salvation, the God of our salvation... I am continually reminded that I am indebted to God for everything that I am and everything that I have. It is a constant being in debt. I'm in debt to God because of what God has done for me. He's preserved us. He's cared for us. Unlike those who are outside of him who pervert the truth, they are are unthankful to God. The Hebrew word salvation in the 20th verse it's interesting, the word in verse 19, salvation, is singular, but the, the, the word in verse 20, salvation, is actually in the original, in the Hebrew, it's plural. So what it really is saying here, he that is the God is the God of salvations. Now, it doesn't mean we're saved numerous times. It, what it simply means, it's to convince us that God can easily provide the means of preservation and protection. If he can eternally save your soul, 
Don't you think he can save you every day? Don't you think he can protect you every day? He can keep you. And he even goes on and says, and unto the God, the Lord belong the issues from death. So now there's this reference that he preserves us even from death. He preserves us literally from all that could harm us. The word belong there, look at it in verse 20. The word belong means it is, it, is, it is handled by him only. In other words, who controls the issues from death? Who controls salvation? Who controls preservation? Who controls these blessings? Who controls these burdens? The same God. He is the one. He disposes all of those things as he pleases. So he puts those things as he sees fit. These issues, this is a fascinating verse. The issues from death, it, 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 sounds a little, it sounds a little awkward the way it reads. But the issues refer to uh, escapes, uh, outgoings, deliverances. The same Greek word is used in 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 13. We can look at that real quickly. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. That word escape is the same word that's being used when he talks about these, these issues. This, these are, it's the same word, escape from death escape from the most deadly of dangers, even from death itself, it is God who delivers his people from that. Now, what we do know is we know that one day we all face actual physical death, but David has something more in mind here than just physical death. He's talking about we're delivered through death through the salvation of God. By that deliverance, we have been delivered from death because we do not face eternal death. We have the promise of eternal life with Christ. So God, how many times do you think in our lives, God has preserved us from physical death? The, the times would be too numerous to count. The, the, to understand that unknown to us, God was preserving us from something happening. When we're delayed or something doesn't go quite right and we wonder why and then we find out. And sometimes we don't even know. David is pointing to these divine deliverances. We understand that God does not promise that we will live forever on this earth in our form, in our physical form now, but he does rescue us from the ultimate danger, which is spiritual death. That's a truth that really ought to help us take notice and say, wait a minute, if this God who blesses us daily with these burdens and these blessings is also the same God who has complete control over everything that happens, then I should be able to trust him in that. So however, th however much trouble we think we might be, if we trust in the power of God, God has the way to open up a way of escape where other people may not have known it or where other people may not have seen it. And then the final verse here, David writes, but God shall wound the head of his enemies. We might phrase it this way, surely God will wound we know that the enemies of the church today, even today, are fierce. We know that, that it is impossible that we will be uh, 
spared completely from the persecution and the assaults. However, look what the promise is. But God shall wound the head of his enemies. That means there's coming a day when God will destroy the devil. He will destroy those who are the enemies of the cross not only in their power and their the political leadership, but also in their natural state. In other words, there's coming a day when the enemies of the cross will be dealt with. We have that defense. We have that as our protection. David is representing God as armed with all the power necessary to overthrow the ungodly that is trying to destroy us. That verse stands connected to all these verses to help us better consider that simple thought. Notice the circumstance, notice what's going on, and know that God is counting all the enemies who are persecuting the church, who are persecuting the righteous, and he's assuring us that he is always ready for our defense. And then this last couple phrases, and the hairy scalp. This is interesting. I looked at this and I thought, what in the world does this mean? The hairy scalp of such a one. Well, the hairy scalp refers to the ones he's referring to before. That's the enemies. So the enemies here are the hairy scalp. Now what's really fascinating about this, he's speaking about the hairy scalps of the enemies. The hairy scalp is considered, or a phrase, or an allegory you might say, for his most fierce and terrible enemies. There's a little snippet I found, I don't even know where I found this, but it was a historical uh, picture that said, in ancient times, many, of, many people used to wear long and shaggy hair so that their looks might be more terrible or more, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, more fierce. So the concern here is that David is reminding the people who would have understood, you know all those enemies that would grow their hair out and look shaggy, that would do that to make us, to try to intimidate us? God's gonna even take care of those which is really quite a, a remarkable picture when he says he will, he will wound the head of their enemies and the crown of their hair or the scalp of their hair. He will inflict a deadly and incurable wound upon those who harass God's people. And then the final phrase of such a one as goeth on still in his trespasses, those who persist in their rebellion against God. David is saying there is still a door, a door of hope. In other words, if you are one that is uh, persecuting the church, you are one that's persecuting God's people. There is a hope, an open door of hope and mercy, even to his enemies. If one of the enemies of God would simply just believe on Christ, repent of their sins, believe on Christ, they would be welcomed into that family. They would submit themselves to God. And we'll look at this next week in verse 22. There's another reference again for the Lord bringing them from Bashan, and we'll talk more about that. But blessed be the Lord. God, even if he lays a burden on us, and if he does it daily, he is the God of our salvation. He, is, he enables us to bear it. He enables us to give it to him. He gives us strength. And finally, he delivers us from it. He constantly, even though he may constantly lay burdens upon us, he constantly gives the aid to bear it for us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He enables us to triumph in him and through him, and we have a reason to honor constantly and praise his name. No matter the burden that's laid upon God's people, we find God as a constant helper. We have daily occasions to praise and to bless him. 
The Bible says he is the God of our salvation. Literally, God is for us, a God of salvation. We're going to talk about that in our study in Romans this morning. If God be for us, who can be against us? The God who we worship is the God from whom salvation comes. The same God today that we worship and, and sing praises to is the God where salvation comes. He brings salvation to us. It is not a vain thing that we serve God even in a small capacity. Even today, let's remind ourselves of that. And I think that's important to remind ourselves today that even in a small capacity, this is, it is not vain. Okay? It is, this is what we're supposed to do because of what God has done for us. Okay?